All right. Oops, sorry. Microphone noise. Got the transition from the mask. Sorry, you guys don't get to do that, but uh, hang in there. But we can't do it with the masks on. They'll all put their masks on the way out. We're just training ourselves now to model this behavior. So, uh, very cool. So glad to have some of you with us. And uh, we're so excited to, uh, to be able to get back together and, uh, in the capacity that we're doing it. But we're excited. We're, we're also thankful everybody watching online. And i um, so glad that we're able to do that um, with you. And uh, let me say, as we get started here, just a couple of things. First, bulletins. Remember, you can get your bulletins online, vineyardbulletin.com. It's all electronic, digital. They've been there for a long time. If you, we used to hand them out on the way in, but I don't think we'll be doing that. We won't do it now, but we may never go back to that. Get them online on your smart device if you'd like. Follow along. You just put in your name and your email address, and you can take notes, and the blanks are there, and all the scriptures are there. At the end, when you're done, hit the button. It'll stick them in your email account, and you can go back. And I put bonus verses in there, too. So uh, there's more verses for you to study. So uh, that's VineyardBulletin.com. Or you can just go to Vineyard Hub which is on both of the websites, or just go to vineyardhub.com, and you can see the bulletin there, and you can also see the calendar of events, although that's pretty easy right now, just about everything's online. And uh, um, any, anything else you need is right there. Prayer requests, everything are in that one spot. So check that out and get used to that. This is a new digital time, and so we're going to do it. We um, just like thanking everybody. The church had been so generous. We did another outreach today. Uh, it was a great outreach. Uh, 300 meal kits went out, which is about 1,200 meals. Um, the cars just keep running through. We had the prayer station out there. That's really busy. And uh, we've been doing that. We'll talk more about that in our message today. But just um, very thankful that we've been able to do that and continue to press into those things. So we're going to continue on in a series we're calling um, Light. And... Um, that was an acronym we're using for this time. Love, implore, gather virtually, help, and trust. Uh, we've been talking about all of those things together. Last week we looked at Philippians 4, 4 through 8. You know, it's one of my favorite passages. You know, rejoice in the Lord always. Don't be anxious about anything. And we talked about helping others with that, helping ourselves. This week we're going to talk about trust together. Um, so before we get into that, let me just give you the bad jokes so we can get that out of the way. I made some fish tacos last night, but they just ignored them and swam away. That's, that's a keeper there. My son said, hey, Dad, your, your glass of water is empty. Do you want another one? And I said, why would I want two empty glasses? So, and, and we've been spending some time, you know, sitting around, safer at home. And uh, my recliner and I go way back. Okay. That one was bad, that last one. Alice, my love, will you please come up and save me by reading the scripture and praying for us. So this is... Check, check. Is it on? Green light on? Check, check, check. There. There. This is different. It's nice to see this part of your faces, everybody. Welcome home. So good to see you. We we started at 5. We had a service at 5, and there was probably six or seven couples there, 60 and older. It was just our hearts were filled with gratitude to see people here again. We're very happy about that. Before I read the text today, would you pray with me? 
Father, we are so grateful that in a world that is always changing, you never change. You never stop loving us. You never stop pursuing us. You know every hair on our head, Lord. Not, not a single bird falls from the sky that you don't know it. And how much more do you care about us? And I thank you, Lord, that as we put this word into our hearts, we can live in hope. Because we know that no matter what happens in the world, what happens around us, our hope, our identity, and our belonging is in you. We just thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. The text today is out of the book of Romans, chapter 15, starting at verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and with one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the word of the Lord. All right. So I said I, I want to talk about trust today. I'm going to talk about trusting God in every situation. We're going to uh, we're going to weave that passage that Alice just read into the story because it's really significant in uh, into the sermon today into how we see things. So uh, so let's hop right in though, and uh, I'll start to explain this. The first point today is called feeling trapped. Feeling trapped, and and I'm I'm there because. I think maybe some of us have been feeling a little trapped. And, uh, and so, you know, we need to talk about that. Things are so different. I think all of us have had those moments in life where we're just so overwhelmed that it, it seems like we can't do anything. Um, like it's hard just to get out of bed. And, and so um, being able to, to move uh, when we're overwhelmed, it's big. Because what happens... Uh, Often to us is what we feel like is when we're overwhelmed, we get stuck. And when we're stuck, we make bad decisions and bad choices that have bad consequences. So, so what we need to be looking for is some good biblical advice on, on what to do when we're feeling trapped so that we don't get stuck, but that in, a, in effect, in, in actuality, we, we start to make and, and move in the right direction. So in our scripture reading, Paul told the church at Rome that was whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. He's talking about the entirety of the Bible. That, that this was written for us. This is what he was talking about. All of the stories in the Old Testament, you know, we talk about this all the time, were written uh, before Paul. And, and Paul says they were written for our instruction. And, and he says then that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, uh, these things that were written in former days, we might have hope. So... So that's uh, why I'm always telling you to read the scripture, and we're going we're gonna to use a story from the scripture today that I think really talks about um, that feeling of being trapped, and then how we move through it. And that story is going to be in Exodus chapter 14. Uh, most of you, if you've been listening to me for any length of time, have heard me talk about Exodus. We go back there a lot. It's a recurring theme in the Bible. So you might have an idea about what's going on, but let me sort of set the stage before we get into the passage. 
Moses. Moses has been the mouthpiece of God um, to Pharaoh, uh, telling Pharaoh that, he, that God wanted his people to be set free. They'd been in slavery for over 400 years. Uh, he wouldn't listen. And so God works through a series of plagues, uh, uh, ten plagues. Uh, that can, they were increasingly worse. On the, on the tenth one, he finally relents for a moment, Pharaoh does, and tells the Israelites to get out of there. And, um, and so they're finally free. They take off on a journey, and, and they're, they're on their way out. And they don't know much about God yet, really, but they're learning to trust him. And they've seen these miracles that have happened and how he's been with them throughout them all. And so off they go on this journey, and all of a sudden they end up at the Red Sea. Now they're at the Red Sea. You know, I always tell you I like to think about what that might feel like. So they've kind of left everything that they've known, even though it wasn't good. And they're on this journey, and they come up to the sea. And maybe if you're practical, like me, you might be thinking, well, great, now we're up at the sea, um, but we don't have any boats, and we don't have anything to build any boats. And you might be wondering, what's this all about? And then all of a sudden you, you look around... And Pharaoh and his armies, you can hear them in the distance and see the dust rising. Pharaoh has changed his mind, wants them to come back, and he's pursuing them, and he's bearing down on them, and they're stuck at the Red Sea. They don't have any boats, and they also don't have any weapons. So they got no way, it appears, across this water, and they got no way to fight this enemy. And so I'm thinking that they were feeling trapped overwhelmed, confused. They're, they're, it's worse than between a rock and a hard place. It's, it's up against the Red Sea and the armies of Pharaoh. And, and so let's pick up the story there. Beginning in Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Is it because there were no uh, graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, here we go, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord. Um, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. So that passage starts, and it says the people of Israel looked, and they see the, the multitude of the Egyptians chasing after them. They become very frightened. And so what they, what they can see with their eyes leads them to believe that they're in a place where there's nowhere for them to move. They're trapped. They, that's how they felt. They felt trapped. So that's the story. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is this, is how's your attitude? How's your attitude? Because attitude determines a lot of things in life. Your attitude is significant in what's going on. Let's see how they were doing at this point in time. Verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Now, that looks pretty good if you're reading that. And if you if you don't really look at context, you sort of think, well, that seems like a pretty good thing. They're terrified. And so they're crying out to the Lord. But if you've been reading the whole story, what you find out is they're not. It's not really what's going on. They're not crying out to the Lord in a good way. See, before they'd been crying out to the Lord and God has answered and he's promised and he's delivered them and he's told them he's got them and that they can trust him. But now they, they sort of find themselves trapped 
And now when they're crying out to the Lord, it's not in a good way at all. And we know that because uh, of what they say. Look at what they say. Now, it says in, in verse 11, they said to Moses, but Moses is the speaker for God. And so they're saying it to God. In effect, they said, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done by bringing us out of Egypt? Now, that's a really sarcastic. Anybody here ever get sarcastic when you're feeling a little stuck? Probably none of you. Real sarcastic. Why? Because uh, Egypt was like full of graves. You know, the pyramids were monuments to, to people in there. They were, they were the masters of mummification. It was their whole deal. Their society revolved around all those things. And, and so it's really sarcastic saying, like, there wasn't enough graves. So you had to bring us out here when there was all those graves. And so you get their attitudes not right. And, and then they, they follow it up with this. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. Remember, they were, they were slaves. They were in horrific bondage for 400 years. Uh, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Now, we look at that, and I think it's easy for us to go, how could they get like that? It had just been a couple of days, really, a few days before, when they'd seen the last of those ten amazing things that God had done, the plagues, and the, they were you know, saved from uh, during the Passover from the angel of death they were spared when the firstborn of Egypt was not and they'd seen God move time after time after time and yet now all of a sudden they think well you, you're just going to kill us here you brought us to this place to kill us what's going on we might think well that well, they had no faith at all but see what we have to learn is this is we can think that way because we know the end of the story we're very confident of what's going to happen because we've seen what God does and how he moves through the process. So we're looking at it with a different perspective. But they're in the middle of it. They're right in it. And, and, and so they're, they're feeling it in this very intense way. And they're overwhelmed. You know, they've they got the Red Sea over here and they got the army coming after them right here. They don't know what to do. And what they do is they start complaining. They get really negative and they, they find themselves completely overwhelmed and unable to do anything. So that's that whole feeling that's going on. But what we need to do when we're feeling trapped is we need to learn to live in the now. That's the third point. Living in the now. Let me continue on with the story. Verse 13. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Uh, uh, in another passage, it says you, you just need to be quiet and the Lord will fight for you. So we need to, to learn to live in the now because, see, we know how this story ends. So that's what's so important. And it changes everything. Remember before this uh, season, we, we were in a message, a series that I called, uh, you know, All Things New. And we spent week after week talking about Revelation 21. Because of the promises in Revelation 21. When, when he says, I will make all things new. And we know that heaven comes down to earth. And they, they're joined finally. That's the, whole, that's the end of the picture. And earth is restored, recreated. Back to uh, the, like the, the garden. Back to that point in time. And God dwells with us. And there's no more pain or sorrow. And we have new physical bodies. And everything is restarted. And that's this promise that we have. That's the end of the story for us as believers. It's kind of the beginning of a new story. But we know how this story ends and we have that hope. Uh, and so what Paul was saying in that 
passage, you know, that I had Alice read is that these stories were all written in the past for our instruction. See, he tells us that so that we can live in the now because we know the story. We know how the story ends. And you have to get to that truth. You have to live in a place where you're always remembering how this story ends. That no matter what's going on in the, in the moment, we know how the story ends. And, and because we know how the story ends, it changes the way that we see everything. And everything looks different. We have a different perspective. So faith isn't based on what we see, but it's based on what God has said and what God has done. And, and so God has said lots of things to us, and he's followed through on them, and we know that he will because he's faithful and he's proved himself over and over again. And so Moses says to the people, and I, I love what he says. He said in those verses, he says, fear not, don't be afraid. And, and that's, I, I can imagine that they weren't able to take that in at the moment. But that's what he says, because they see Pharaoh's army, not good, no weapons, no boats. Stand firm, because I bet they were a little shaky. You ever get a little shaky? <laughs> Look, uh, and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what, that's what, see what God's going to do. And that idea of salvation, um, there's, there's spiritual salvation, which we're all grateful for, that we have forever, that God does for us when we come to Jesus. But in that word as well, there's, there's a deliverance idea that, that we're, we're delivered in the process. See, when you, when you came to know Jesus, not only you were saved, but you experienced deliverance of some things, and, and it continues on uh, throughout our journey. And, and so, and then, and then he says, you know what? The Lord will fight for you. They're standing on the bank of the Red Sea. No boats. No weapons. Moses says, don't worry. God's going to fight for you. You only need to be silent. Now that's really funny. Remember how the people of Israel were real sarcastic with God? Well, if you, if you look into what's really going on there, the way that that's worded, is basically what God says to them is, listen, stop complaining. I got this. You can trust me. Be silent. He's saying it. Like, Stop all the, the... Anybody here ever whine when you get... No whiners? I don't, I don't know. It's hard to tell when the people are wearing masks what they're going on. So maybe it's just me that whines a little bit. But what do we do instead? Instead of getting negative, instead of all those things, what do we do? And here's what we have to learn to do. I like to use the word pivot. We have to move. It's, it's, we, it, we can't figure out what it looks like, but God wants us to move. God wants us to pivot. He says in Exodus fourteen fifteen, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? And he's really saying it to the people. Tell the Israelites to move on. See, he's saying, listen, there's no more, there's no need for you to be crying out right now. You've cried out to me in the past. I promised you that I would be with you. I would deliver you. I would take care of you. You need to learn to trust in me and that I'm going to do it and that I'm going to make a way. And, and, and that's what he does. And so how do we, how do we do that? How do we pivot? How do we move out of feeling trapped? And what you need to do every time is you have to remember the end of the story and trust God. Whenever you're feeling trapped, whenever you're feeling stuck, whenever you start to get anxious or worried or uh, you feel confused or any of those things that come up, you remember the end of the story and you trust God. See, we've got to stop getting, getting stuck and bogged down in all of the, the stuff that's immediate right around us. Don't be afraid. He says you need to stand and you stand in the victory that God has given us. He's already told you what he's going to do and he's shown us that he's capable of doing all of it and that, that he's for us and not against us and we have nothing to fear. So we, 
We pivot. We look to God. Instead of thinking there's nothing for us, we said, God, what can you do in this situation? What is it you want me to do? How do you want me to go? Let me, let me talk about the, this church for a moment and, and what's been going on for the last six weeks or so. So um, we met in person for the last time on the weekend of March 15th. That next day, the 16th, uh, the, the president put out that first 15 day, please hey, don't, you know, go to go home. And uh, so we, we responded to that and we we uh, we shifted from in-person meetings to online meetings. And we spent sort of that first couple of days adjusting to that. That was a big deal. Uh, you know, I've been coming to this church every weekend since 1985. And, and I've missed a handful. I, I'm, I'm here. To all of a sudden, that's, that was completely done, was a bit of a shock. And, and so it was like not knowing exactly what to do. And so we, we, but, but we knew that, that God would use it somehow. And we, we just took a, we took a f- couple of those days to kind of say, okay, what do we do? And we, we tightened up our online services a little. Fortunately, we, we'd already been doing online services, so we were well ahead of the curve, but we wanted to make them even better because we knew we were going to have to do that. So we, we got ready and spent some time talking about how to do that. And we got to that following weekend, and that 22nd of March was all online. But why we were getting ready for that, God, what else should we do? And, and uh, we sort of felt like there was a big need at that moment in time because there was no toilet paper or paper towel to be found. And so because we buy things um, wholesale in, in a lot of the things that we give away, we were able to go after our suppliers and we sent out, you know, Pastor Fran, I sent him on missions and we, we were able to go out and find paper, uh, paper towel and toilet paper um, that we could buy wholesale. And so that next Wednesday, which was the 25th, so everything changed, we get the weekend going, boom, we, on that Wednesday, the 25th, we do a big drive-through giveaway and we give away toilet paper and paper towel. And... Uh, it was a big hit. I always think it's funny. I'm still going to think it's funny that 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 that's toilet how, the 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 role of toilet paper in life is very interesting. But that's not the topic that we're on. So that was Wednesday. Then Saturday we did another drive-through giveaway, and by then I'd been able to find rice and pasta that we could buy in big chunks because we couldn't get those at the store either, and those are great food uh, things. And so so we we started giving toilet paper and paper towel and rice and pasta, and then we added the meal kits. We God sent Chef Matt here, and he said, "How about if I do this and do these little things?" And we and and God provided for for those things, and we began to purchase those meal kits. And then we we had added a we added a prayer station uh, out in the back. And then, you know, on the weekend we started, we added um, communion and all those things we added. So, it, so we, we were not sure what to do, but we didn't stop. We, we just moved as a church. And this is your credit, your credit. See, we just moved into something new. We, we saw needs and then God allowed us to, to begin to meet them and provided for us miraculously so we could do it. And, and listen, so far, as a church, we purchased and given away in April 3,500 rolls of toilet paper. 3,500 rolls of paper towel, 5,000 pounds of rice, 4,000 pounds of pasta, 2,500 of those meal kits, each one that feeds four or five people, so over 10,000 meals, 2,000 pounds of fresh produce. We've prayed for hundreds of people that needed prayer and some sort of human interaction over this period of time. And since Easter, when we figured out how to sort of track it online, we had over 50 people that have responded to the invitation to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And, and that's from being stuck, but listening to what's the process. See, just the scripture says, move. When you get to that spot, you've got to move. What happens in the rest of this story? 
And I, I go and read this because it's a great story. But I'm going to fill you in on what happens in Exodus 14. So, so Red Sea's over here and the people of Israel are here. And here comes Pharaoh charging in. And all of a sudden, there's a wind that comes on the waters. And as that wind comes on the waters, all of a sudden, this, this pillar of fire comes and it gets between the armies of Egypt and the people of God and, and the pillar of fire here and it begins to shine light on everything that's going on. And now they can see and all of a sudden they look and they're, they're here and the water begins to move and it walls up on either side. Now, they're, they're heading towards that, and I don't know about you, maybe you think, well, that's going to be, the ground's going to be all wet, maybe we're going to sink, are we going to get trapped, are we, are we going to get stuck there, what are we going to do? But the miracle is, beyond all that, the ground is dry. Really cool things are happening, right? This wind comes, and, and then, then the, the light comes, and then the ground comes up dry. Well, Moses is doing something really cool there. I'm always telling you to look for fun things in the passages of Scripture that you read. He's sort of reminding them of the creation story. Once again, if you go back and you think about Genesis 1, we do the creation story a lot with the Exodus story. So in, in Genesis 1, remember the Spirit hovers over the water, He blows on the waters, and then God says, let there be light, and there's light, and then on the third day, the dry ground comes up out of the water. See, the same thing is going on here. The God of creation is once again making a way. And He'll do it again, and again, and again. The God of creation moves into those situations. So the people of Israel trust, and they move forward. And then what happens? On the other side of the Red Sea, there's a safe and secure bank for every single one of them. On the other side, there's a safe place. See, when you're overwhelmed, what you need to know is that that God's got your back. There's a safe harbor for you. It's on the other side of the Red Sea. And if He said He will do it, He will do it. You can trust Him. He's a way maker. A miracle worker, a promise keeper, a light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That's the song for you this week. He's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You're a Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. I love the chorus. It goes, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. And even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. That's your song for the week. I want you to take it and, and, and walk with it and know that, that God's got you and that you can trust Him. Look, get that bulletin that I sent you. I, I put some bonus scripture in there, and I want you to read it. This way. I think it'll really help you. And, and let me say this too: we've been we've been making sure that people know this. All of this starts with knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's where this entire miracle journey begins. And if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, do it now. It's really it's it's just this: it's 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 you know, God, will you forgive me of all my sin? And Jesus, will you come into my heart and life? And be my Lord and Savior. That's it. And if you've never done it, do it 
now. Just say those words now. And if you say those words and you mean them, you said them with me, I want to know. Just so I can celebrate with you because you're not right here in front of me. And so what we have is a little text in church number. And you just text the word heart to that number and we can celebrate with you. And it'll send you a little information about how this journey starts and what it looks like. So I want you to do that if you did that with me today so we can celebrate. And, and also... You guys have been so generous. I want to thank you. You've made these outreaches happen, and, and we're so grateful. Uh, and and uh, we... we <laughs> Thanks. I, I, I'm not very good at doing this part, but uh, I appreciate everything you've done. That's how you can continue to do it online. You can text it to that number. You can log on to Keys Vineyard. There's places to give. You can mail it in if you'd like. But but I'd love for you to do that. And I understand a lot of you aren't in a situation to give now. And that's cool, too. We got you. We're praying for you. Just pray for us. And we'll continue to press on together. Because God's got us. And he's on the move. Amen. Amen. So we've got to figure out a couple things. A, I'm going to dismiss you by Rose in a minute. Those of you that are sitting in here, so hang on for me. But we've got people online still, and, and uh, I want to say goodbye. Um, we, we haven't done the doxology in a long time, they tell me. And uh, so let's try and do that together, and then I'll pray for you. You guys ready? Praise God from whom all bless. And Holy Ghost. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go tonight in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all as soon as we can. God bless you guys. If you're watching live, see you. All right. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.